Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Well, hey there, Jonathan. How are you doing? I've been better. <laughs> yes. A little under the weather this week, but uh, had yeah. a good had a good trip to uh, your campus this week. Got to see you and a, a lot of the other folks around Southeastern. Got to sit down with J.D. Greer and record an interview that we'll be playing uh, next month in April. We'll, we'll have that for you after the Easter break. But uh, had a great uh, great trip, but got back and been sick ever since. Yeah, we keep waiting to see if anybody gets sick around here after you. Yeah, it's all my fault. By. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, because because I'm the only person in America that's sick right now. That's right. But so far, so good. Everyone, at least in my house as well, but certainly there are things going around all over the place um, in Wake Forest. But yeah, it was great to have you here. Dr. Rayner uh, spoke in chapel. Uh, it was Lifeway Week at Southeastern, and uh, Michael Kelly spoke in chapel on Thursday. Yes, and so. I also brought you a present, so that was exciting, yes. too. A surprise gift of a, a Southeastern baseball jersey. Yes, very interesting idea. You'd mentioned that, and then you showed up with uh, the perfect example. So that's made the rounds. A lot of people have have tried it on. I uh, the. The size, it didn't really work for me, so a lot of the other folks have enjoyed it, and I yeah. think someone may end up taking it. Yeah, it's not made for Amy Whitfield. Correct, but it was a great, it's a great thing to see, so fun surprise. All right, so big news this week. Uh, we have another presidential candidate. We mentioned it last week when J.D. Greer was announced as the first presidential candidate that we expected more to be nominated, and we got that this week in the way of Steve Gaines. Every year you kind of think you're not ready for uh, for all the SBC annual meeting news, and then it starts and it just doesn't stop. Uh, so last week, big big news week, not a ton of news, but the news there was was big, and then here we go again with one more. So very exciting, a lot of conversation. I'd have to look up this. I'd have to go back and look this up, Amy, but this seems a bit early to be announcing candidacies for presidency, is, or is it just me? I, I don't know. We'll have to go back and look because I – I know it really feels like April and May are the times when, uh, certainly May, that's when a lot of committees are announced and things like that. Um, April always feels like the times that we are talking about lots of issues in kind of ramping up for the annual meeting. But the nominations may come a little bit before that. Uh, I, I just can't remember. I mean, a lot of times we've had years where there's only one person, so the timing of the announcement it isn't even that, you know, we just don't don't think it through or think about it. Yeah, it seems like last year we didn't have a first vice president or second vice president nominee until like the week before. I mean, it yeah, was, that, we were like right up to the, the wall and wondering, are we going to have anybody at all? Yeah, the, and of course, those are always, I mean, they're they're important to have and you certainly have to have that to to have those people in place if any any needs should arise. Uh, but the anticipation is not quite the same as it no, is for president. not at all. Yeah. All right, so that's the big news. Uh, so Steve Gaines, nominated for president. Uh, a little bit about Steve. He is the pastor at Bellevue Baptist over in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, Bellevue, uh, big, big church here in Tennessee and, and in the convention. Uh, long history of uh, convention politics going on from Bellevue Baptist. Uh, but their CP numbers, have, they've increased that giving from 1.3% all the way to 3.8% of undesignated receipts in the last year that was reported. That's 2014. I'm getting all this information from the BP news release, which we have linked as well. You can go read all the information. But uh, Church Great Commission giving approximately $2.5 million over the past two years. 
uh, anticipated to be 1.3 million, which is 6% of undesignated receipts this past year. Also reported a $150,000 gift to the Lighting Moon Christmas offering in both wow. 2015 and 2016. Total missions giving next year is anticipated at about 18% of their undesignated receipts. Just looking at this bio, I, d- I didn't know. It says he published a musical worship CD. Yes. He and his wife what? do a lot of singing. He posts a lot of videos of his wife and uh, daughter, I think, as well, mm-hmm. singing uh, from Bellevue. So I've seen those online. So I, I was kind of familiar with that. Okay. I-, I would be really eager to hear that. I got to meet uh, his wife, Donna, last year. At, she came to our uh, the Women's Leadership Breakfast that Southeastern hosted along with Nam, And so it was a very, very brief meeting, so I didn't get much opportunity to speak uh, beyond that. But I know a lot of people that just think, uh, think the world of her and have heard wonderful things about her. She has spoken at Southeastern in years past before we uh, were here, uh, but, um, but she, she's just a wonderful person. And uh, this, this is going to, it's very interesting. It's going to spark some great discussion and, uh, I'm eager uh, for us to have, I, I know we're going to get interviews with, uh, we, we've, as you said, we've got the interview with J.D. Greer. We're going to get an interview with Steve yep. Gaines. Supposed and to talk to him next week. Yeah, and, and then our hope is anyone else that is nominated for any national office over the next few months. So very excited about those opportunities. We should host a debate at the convention on Sunday night between the presidential candidates. <sighs> I just need to tell you. This year, I am just debated out. <laughs> I think everybody would share that sentiment. As we're recording this, there's a, yet another Republican presidential yes. debate going on right now. Um, yes. I, I'm, I think I'm with you. As as neat as I think it would be to be able to hear those guys, I'm pretty much debated out. And, yes. But that may be something to think about in the future, because I, I know there's, there's some people that have talked about the fact that we don't really get to hear from the candidates. We get to hear right. a three-minute nomination speech, and that's it. So I would at least like to at least hear from them. And, and that's why I'm glad that we're able to provide the service through the podcast, too. I mean, we're pretty much the only place you're getting to hear the candidates right. before the convention. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't know if a debate, that, that may not be that something may be that, another wrong word. that we want to do. But the event that was, I don't know, it was a few weeks back, because Je- I know Jeb Bush was still in the race, that Anderson Cooper hosted on CNN, where it was just these sort of conversations. Yeah, town hall type thing. It was a town hall, but it wasn't like your traditional town hall meeting that you see a lot. He did a lot of one-on-one questions with them, and then some, you know, the people in the crowd. Then it kind of got very town hall-esque, um, but... Uh, that that could be very interesting. Just opportunities for sort of a one-on-one conversation in front of the messengers, because we are going to have interviews here. Baptist Press does stories on them. Other places, websites do uh, Q and As, but that's not where all the messengers are. So opportunities for the messengers to see the candidates. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's one of these things too. The the bylaws of the SBC have been set in a pre-technology era um, right. with also probably a pre-pastors conference on Sunday and Monday era as True. well. So, you know, it, maybe it's something to think about for the future. Um, probably not doable this year unless John Metter pulls off the miraculous uh, as the uh, president of the pastors conference, but maybe in a couple of years whenever we have another uh, cycle through, maybe that'll yeah, get some more, more attention. So we'll see. Uh, but anyway, you can hear interviews with all the candidates right here at SBC this week. That's right. And if you are still not tired of debates, 
there will be more debates coming on television that you can watch. Yes. So. Yeah. All right. So other big news. Archivist Taffy Hall named the director of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives Group. Yeah, so the Council of Seminary Presidents uh, handles this. They oversee the archives. Uh, she's going to replace Bill Sumners, who has been the director of the Historical Library for a long time. He's retiring this summer, and so she she will take his place. She has been um, already involved she's she's worked there for a long time she has over a decade of experience um in this and uh, she's she was previously the archivist of the southern baptist historical library so she'll be the director now and uh this makes a really good easy transition great thing you know this is one of those positions that not a lot of people know about we don't think about but it's really really important um I have, I, I don't, I haven't been over there and been in the archives, but just even the digital resources that I find online when I'm looking around every week, it's, it's pretty incredible what you can learn about us, about our history. And we need that. We need to be able to look back and we need someone that is able to keep all of that uh, and to, to, to preserve them, to know so that our story is there. And uh, I think it sounds like she's a very qualified person. She's She will will take it exactly where it needs to be. So congratulations to Taffy. I can't wait to, to get to know her more. I had a lot of friends that whenever the job came open had told me that she would be excellent in the position and kind of hoped that she would get it. So uh, congratulations again to, to Dr. Taffy Hall as the new director of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives. Fantastic. All right, so... Let's move to another transition, a state convention opening. Um, Fred Hewitt, who is the executive director of the Montana Southern Baptist Convention, has announced his retirement coming in the fall. It it will be after their annual meeting, um, but he will retire. And uh, he's he's led them. He's done that for almost nine years. Yes, and uh, he recently had restructured the Montana State Baptist Convention. Uh, they they kind of spread out people instead of a central office, which which makes a lot of sense in Montana, where it's kind of big, and uh, you don't have a huge staff because of the size of uh, the convention. There's just not a lot of churches there, so to better serve the churches, they uh, they kind of disperse the staff throughout the state. So uh, some good leadership there from Hewitt, and uh, we'll have to keep an eye on this one and see uh, who may fill this role later in the year. Yeah, he brings up one thing in that's in the Baptist Press article that's interesting, and I don't know that I'd even caught this, uh, but just talking about Montana being one of the smaller conventions that at this time um, he he has not been able to meet the goal of a, getting representation on entity boards and convention committees. A lot of it has, I mean, it has to do with the size of the convention. And we know, I mean, he talks about they are, they work to meet uh, the same CP percentage as those who have board representation. But because of the size of the convention, it's, it doesn't meet that threshold. So that's just a very interesting thing that seems like is a goal he really had set ahead. So I think I would imagine that's going to be a major goal for the next state executive. But that's something coming from the Southeast that I don't even think about and remember with some of these smaller state conventions. Yeah, and they have 141 churches and missions and have experienced six years in a row of CP giving increases. So they're on the way. Whoever takes over for uh, Hewitt will have 
you know, a good foundation to build on. They're growing. The, the giving is going up in Montana. So hopefully that is something that they can move toward. And, and speaking of the representation, we had two state conventions who dropped off of LifeWay trustee representation coming this year. Uh, so it's something I didn't realize could really happen. Once you had representation, you could actually lose it. But we lost our trustees um, from Hawaii and Washington, D.C., this coming hmm. uh, year. So, so when the convention gets here, we won't have representation from Hawaii or DC anymore because of the size of the convention. So I guess, d- does that, I guess that's across the board on all yeah, I guess so. trustee boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very interesting. So something to look up in the EC manual. I have to yeah. go digging into that one. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Okay. Well, another event coming up this fall that has been announced this week is the ERLC conference to address cultural engagement. And titled Onward. Yes. Uh, it's uh, obviously taken from the book title of Dr. Russell Moore. And uh, so this this focus on cultural engagement, and they're going to just hit all the different topics. It lists a ton. Arts, politics, sports. Very intriguing. I would uh, be really interested to see what they do with that. Um, marriage, parenting, tons of stuff. Uh, race, sexuality, just a, a lot of things. Uh, they've already put a list of speakers, and it's it's quite a list. Yes, it is. I'm looking at this right here. Matt Chandler, Andy Crouch, Brian Loritz, Gabe Lyons, Andy Stanley, Jackie Hill Perry, Darren Patrick, Greg Thornberry, Alyssa Wilkinson, Jamar Tisby, and many, many more. Yeah. So those are some pretty top list names right there. So I'm excited about this. Uh, having it at the Opryland Hotel again, uh, they had that uh, two years ago, I believe, whenever they had the uh, the last national conference. They had last year's in, co- in coordination with SEND conference downtown. Right. The year before was uh, out in the Opryland Hotel. That was the one on homosexuality and sexuality and marriage that they had had out right. there. So right. uh, look forward to that one. Uh, always a good time. Those guys, they put on great events and yes. do a top-notch job. So uh, I have to see if you'll be able to make it, Amy. Yeah, you know, actually looking at those dates, it doesn't look good because that's typically when Wake County begins school. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. First part of school for you and the seminary and everything else. Right. So we're kind of getting things geared up on campus, but also uh, that'll be a really new era for the Whitfield family, two kids in middle school. So we'll be very focused. The great news is the main sessions will be live streamed at ERLC.com. So there's already a registration available, more information about the conference so people can go ahead and sign up. But for those of you like me that may have reasons that you have to stay home, um, we get a chance to see it. And some of those reasons that people have to stay home are their church budgets, and LifeWay Research has some new budget information and research out about budget shortfalls in, in churches. It seems to hamper about three in 10 churches. They're struggling to meet their budget. So this is uh, Protestant senior pastors. This was the, that was the, the group that they were focusing on. And uh, they've done this several times since 2009. And so they've, they track it. 51% said the economy is hurting their church now. That's still the lowest total since LifeWay Research started this. Yeah, and back in October 10, it was 80%. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going down, but there's still some some major concern. Everybody's still kind of uneasy about, uh, about church finances. And what we've seen, too, with church finances, they are typically about a 24-month lag on actual finances like in the market. So the market we right. saw really fall apart in the fall of 2008 and 2010. Right. 
that's whenever it really started pinching churches. Right. And, and it takes churches longer to recover because people, they, they don't give as quickly. They don't start giving back as quickly as they had before. So the churches right. are a little bit slower to recover. They're also slower to feel it. But this is, this is good. And, and some of these things are very helpful because they are going back and kind of tracking it throughout the years. So uh, that's the kind of research that can really, really help us. They did say larger churches fared better than smaller churches. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And then giving over the last year, for the most part, has kind of remained steady, not really gone up or declined, uh, at least for the majority. Um, Three in 10 saw no change at all. So very interesting study. We'll link to that uh, so you can see more. Yeah, all those links at sbcthisweek.com on the show notes for today's episode. All right, a couple of deaths this week. Sad news. Gary Smalley and Jerry Bridges, uh, two longtime authors, uh, very popular authors and well-known, uh, both passed away this past week. Yeah. Um, now, Gary Smalley, he was one that was really focusing on uh, marriage and family. Um, a lot of folks with focus on the family or other other places, he was a guest on their broadcast a lot, uh, were impacted by him. Uh, what did, did you have you ever done a lot of have you ever done much with Gary Smalley stuff? I was not familiar with either one of their works, Jerry Bridges or Gary Smalley. What? I, I know. Yes. Yeah. I know. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. Jonathan. All right. Let's honor Gary Smalley and then we'll start talking about Jerry Bridges. Okay. okay. So Gary Smalley, known uh, for marriage and family focus, um, did a lot just to help people kind of in the same realm with Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman was quoted in the Baptist Press article. Um, wrote a lot of books and then appeared a lot on on media uh, as well. Today Show, Oprah, things like that. So huge impact within the entire Christian community, and uh, certainly in um, in the Southern Baptist world. In this now, Jerry Bridges. We just need to stop for a second. I can't believe you were not familiar with Jerry Bridges. Well, I knew who he was, but I, I'm not familiar with the works. Like I, I don't know. Like I've never. I don't think I've ever read a Jerry Bridges work. Okay, Discipline of Grace rocked my world okay. completely. That's not my resource of the week, but I'm going to have two resources of the week. One of them is Discipline of Grace. You have to get it. Now, he had also done, like, I believe it's Pursuit of Holiness, yes. Practice of Godliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were the first Jerry Bridges books that I really was exposed to and did some studies on in the years that we lived in Louisville. Uh, but then when we were in Virginia, we took, um, we took our church through Discipline of Grace. And uh, Keith worked with the men on Sunday nights. They went through the book, and I did it with the the women. And I am sure that it did more in me than anybody else, uh, even as I, I was the one leading the discussion and really changed uh, changed everything for me. It was one of those kind of monumental works in my um, spiritual life. So one of the things that was great was seeing on social media so many people echoing that and sharing the things that he had done that had impacted them. I also uh, did Respectable Sins with a group a year ago here. Uh, so he, he made a, a tremendous impact um, in the evangelical world. So we mentioned earlier the seemingly endless debates in the political world, but we got a couple of political points this week. Paige Patterson has been named to an advisory council for Senator Ted Cruz. The Religious Liberty Advisory Council uh, created by Ted Cruz. Uh, Dr. Patterson is one of those. Also, uh, Tony Perkins, 
uh, Mark Harris, First Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, Richard Lee, a uh, longtime religious broadcaster, and a couple others, Kelly Shackelford, who is the First Liberty Institute president and CEO, as well as Sammy Rodriguez, who's a National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, some of those names may ring a bell, but uh, they're all on that uh, Religious Liberty Advisory Council that Ted Cruz has named. And also, we have a Baptist political science professor from Union University running for Congress. Yes, and he was just at Southeastern a Do couple you know weeks Hunter? ago. I have not met him, but he was at Southeastern participating in a discussion during the during the chapel hour, one of our casual conversations. Um, and actually, I can share a link to that so that you can see him sort of interact. It was a discussion with uh, that Bruce Ashford hosted with uh, Hunter and um, a couple of other people, Jonathan Lehman from Capitol Hill Baptist Church. Oh, okay, I remember. The, I remember the event now. Yes, now you mentioned who was and, who was involved. Yes, and uh, I believe Stephen Harris. I think that's uh, who was from the ERLC. Uh, very good discussion, and Dr. Baker was very articulate in that conversation. Uh, just really, really great. So I kind of was excited when I saw it pop up this week that he's running for Congress in West Tennessee too. So I think that's really, uh, really neat. This platform has a lot to do with the religious liberty concerns that uh, we have seen emerge after last year's Supreme Court ruling uh, that legalized gay marriage. So uh, we'll have to just keep an eye on this and see what happens. It's a bit of a crowded field over in the Republican primary race. Representative Stephen Fincher chose not to run again in 2016. So uh, quite a few people have jumped in there. We'll have to uh, follow along and see if Dr. Baker is able to make it through the Republican primary into the general election this fall. All right, that's going to do it for the news this week. Reminder that our podcasts are sponsored by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary's new 81-hour MDiv. It's preparing students to take the gospel to their neighbors and the nations. Wherever you're going, Southeastern will help you get there. For more information, visit sebts.edu slash mdiv. All right, Amy, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. Yeah, so this goes back to 1973, um, and this was a story I was not aware of, so I was kind of startled when I got to it. Uh, it was uh, May 11th, 19—wait, um, wait, wait. It was March 11th, 1973, um, a woman named Gladys Hopewell. Uh, she was a Southern Baptist missionary— uh, to Taiwan, had been in Taiwan for 19 years, and uh, she was um, killed. Uh, she was was found in her apartment on Sunday, March 11th, and it looks it looked like a really, really difficult situation. The folks in Taiwan were investigating it at the time. I've tried to do some research to find out if anything ever um, came from it. But she was the fourth, uh, at that time, she was the fourth Southern Baptist missionary to die by violence in 20 months. Uh, in there Taiwan? Was a, a, and no, just Southern Baptist missionary. Oh, in general. Period, yeah. yeah. So there was a couple that had been killed in Dominican Republic and another uh, woman that was killed in an ambush in the Gaza Strip. And so then this uh, Southern Baptist missionary was uh, was lost her life in Taiwan. And so it, it was just kind of a reminder of um, really of what our missionaries are doing, putting their lives on the line for the spread of the gospel, uh, that this woman, she was a, a pioneer of Baptist student work in Taiwan, she had directed a student center uh, at a university there. 
She had taught English at the university as well. Um, she was the, there were non-Christians that would enroll in the classes to improve their English, but then the program would have uh, Sunday worship and evangelistic programs. Um, she also was uh, it, she also published a Baptist student magazine and was an advisor for a uh, local church's uh, WMU. So she was um, she it was her third mission field. So she had also been in uh, Tsingtao and Shanghai, China. She had been appointed to the Foreign Mission Board in 1946. Um, she was like almost 30 years in then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so she'd been 19 years in Taiwan, um, but just a, a seems like a really incredible career, and I was just startled to see the headline and uh, really wanted to share that because, uh, number one, I think it's good every now and then to bring these things back up and to honor these people um, for their work, and uh, also it just kind of reminds us of what our missionaries are doing. So uh, that's kind of a sad one. I know we do some fun ones. We do some sort of, these are major things. Uh, th this was a little bit different, but it seemed important uh, to bring up. So it happened this week in SBC history. Hey, thanks for that one, Amy. It is a good reminder to know that our, our missionaries are facing this, not just in, you know, 1973, but that, that still goes on today. We're still facing this every day. Um, I remember us covering a, a story a while back here on the podcast of a missionary who had died overseas. So uh, that happens, and, and thankfully it doesn't happen uh, that much, but uh, it's a good reminder to pray for our missionaries and their families, uh, who many of which are in harm's way. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? All right, I am coming back with a resource to make up for something I said last week in this segment of Do I need the to podcast. cut the audio and, and bring it back in here? And, oh, and goodness, I don't know. I should cut I the audio. Go back and listen to the resource of the week this past week, because Amy just yes. totally, totally just so, destroyed. So I just to recap, my resource last week was Bible Study Magazine. Fantastic resource. And I was commenting on some of the folks on the cover, and I was not, uh, I was just not prepared for banter in the moment. And you sort of spoke up, and I, I said something about Trevin Wax, and you jumped in and said, he's kind of a big deal, or he's a big deal. And I was, I was caught off guard, and so I said, yeah, kind of. Which really sounded a lot snottier than I meant it. So and he called I, you on it. That's the best part. I know. I know. He called me on it. So, first of all, I want to say, Trevin Wax is a big deal. And I appreciate him greatly. Huge friend of the podcast and huge friend of the Whitfields. Uh, so, I'm going to put, my resource of the week is all things Trevin Wax. Um, Trevin Wax has an incredible blog that he has spent years, he was blogging before people even knew what blogging was. He understood the medium, and he's one of the best writers I've ever, ever encountered. Um, so most people are probably aware of him, but we're going to mention it anyway, trevinwax.com. Uh, and then he has a number of books, Gospel-Centered Teaching, um, Counterfeit Gospels, Holy Subversion, uh, Clear Winter Nights, which is a fiction work. Uh, done, he's done that. He is the managing editor of the Gospel Project at Lifeway, uh, and he's great uh, to follow on Twitter. So I am just going to throw out there any resource by Trevin Wax is a good resource. He's also a fan of uh, 
biographies of classic musicians. Uh, we have that in common and a really uh, very gifted at presidential trivia. That's something we enjoy, but he has never, ever once beaten me at Clue. And I do feel like it's important to mention that. That's because he cheats at Clue or tries to at least. No, he doesn't cheat at Clue. I just have won. Okay. So I thought he was like trying to take like, you know, copious pages of notes and stuff with yes. Clue. But just to explain for our listeners, uh, as a PhD student at Southeastern, he's stayed in our home many times. And one visit, uh, we had a big board game night and played Clue. And my kids loved it so much that they insisted we play every time. Uh, so he, he's done a lot of those things uh, at, at my house. But anyway, Trevin Wax, that's the resource. Dr. Trevin Wax. Dr. Trevin Wax. Because PhD camp is closed. Most definitely a big deal. Yes. PhD camp is pretty much over for most of the uh, the campers. That's correct. All right. Well, my resource of the week is the For the Church luncheon at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting this year. On the Tuesday of the convention, there is a couple of luncheons going on. Dr. Rayner and Jason Allen and Kevin Ezell and Darren Patrick will be at the For the Church luncheon. They're going to be doing a panel on the future of the SBC. So that looks to be interesting. I'm excited that the, the boss is going to be on that one. So I'll be in attendance at the For the Church luncheon. And I would encourage any of you uh, looking for a lunch gig on Tuesday to check it out as well. That sounds great. And I want to just remind our listeners that uh, as we start talking about these events at the SBC annual meeting, um, it's always kind of a big thing, which which event are people going to go to? It is a great thing um, that we have so many wonderful choices. And uh, there, there are some great folks uh, that we can learn from. And uh, it, it's going to be exciting to start going through all the different opportunities that we'll have. Yeah, and we'll have your full SBC roundup and preview coming uh, later in May, probably right at the end of May. Yep, food edition, things to do in St. Louis. We'll talk it all. Yeah, we'll talk to somebody up there. Maybe I can get Darren Patrick on the, the pod. That'd be great. If I can get him on here and um, so. get him to talk about uh, St. Louis. He's planted the Journey Church. they got several campuses around the city, so Darren knows the city. He's a St. Louis guy, uh, knows the city. Maybe I can, I'll try to work on getting him on the podcast to talk about St. Louis for us, give us kind of a preview of everything. I have been to one place. St. Louis is one of my favorite cities because I've, I've been there two or three times. Just love it. And uh, the Bas- Basilica in St. Louis is amazing, Amy. Uh, you would absolutely love it. So it's it's not oh. something that people would think about going to see while they're at the Southern Baptist Convention, maybe. But the St. Louis Basilica, amazing. Sounds good. The only things I remember from St. Louis uh, was uh, the arch and that we went to a Cardinals game and Ozzie Smith did a backflip in the air standing. Yes. Standing in his spot. Mm-hmm. So. That was the old Bush Stadium, which was an absolute piece of junk. Uh, I've been to a game there. It was not good. The new one is phenomenal, though. I was 12 years old, have no memory of it. Just remember that backflip. Just remember the backflip. All right. Well, that's what it takes to get Amy's attention, I guess. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks for joining us again. We'll have uh, interviews coming up with both Steve Gaines and J.D. Greer. Looking forward to that. Probably have those to you after the Easter break. We'll see you next week on SBC This Week. See you next week.